the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I use my phone for a lot of things. I send and receive text messages, keep my calendar, use it to wake me up in the morning, use it to tell me when a hard-boiled egg is truly hard-boiled, read a book when I'm standing in line, listen to music when I'm at the gym, my podcasts when I'm taking a walk, take photos. What I do not do, of course, is to use my phone as a telephone. I've always been pretty sure that if it rang, first of all, I don't remember what my ringtone sounds like. And secondly, I'd run off the road if I was driving and it did ring, which I very nearly did a few weeks ago when I was driving somewhere and it rang. A friend who I write to called me on the phone, not even text. And when I pulled myself together and said, hello, she asked, when are we ever gonna finish the Gospel of Matthew? I must admit, I've never been asked that before, but I was greatly relieved because I knew the answer. Spoiler alert, today is the end of the gospel according to St. Matthew that we will see until it comes around again in two years. She had been home studying the gospels each week, following along with what we are reading on church on Sunday. And she was having trouble with all those weird kingdom of heaven stories. She said she wanted to move on to something else. It's not that the story will be different when, spoiler alert again, we begin next week with the Gospel of Mark. He's going to give us parables about the kingdom of heaven too. The kingdom of heaven is central to Jesus' teaching in all the Gospels. But she got me thinking about how our liturgical began long ago the first Sunday of Advent, last December, and how we got to hear the last Sunday after Pentecost. Oh, and Happy New Year, everybody, because in our liturgical calendar, this is New Year's Eve. The reason we want to think in liturgical time, God's time, is because if you open the Gospel of Matthew, you will see that Matthew chapter 25 Verses 31 through 46 is not the end of Matthew's Gospel. Rather, this is the end of a long series of discourses by Jesus before he goes to Jerusalem and is betrayed, dies, and rises from the dead. We began that first Sunday of Advent with Jesus' promise of coming again. Therefore, you also must be ready the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. But about the day and the hours, no one knows. Neither the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So I am excused for thinking, if I thought about this at all, that this Jesus coming message was all preparation for Christmas, his birth. True, but Advent is also the season of preparation for Jesus's last coming, the real final chapter of our salvation story. Matthew's Gospel takes a Christmas break, returns briefly during Epiphany, once in Lent, 
bounces around through Holy Week and Easter, and finally settles in on Trinity Sunday, concluding this week, 26 weeks later, with Christ the King Sunday. During this long stretch of settling in, we read of healing miracles, the attitudes, and a lot of those weird Kingdom of Heaven parables that my friend got so tired of trying to figure out. In fact, for a while, some Protestant denominations called this post-Pentecost season Kingdom Tide in an attempt to recognize and gather up the theme of many of these Gospel readings. Jesus was trying to give us the GPS on how to get to the Kingdom of Heaven, and he was saying, are you in or are you out? And now today's gospel, Jesus gathers up all his teachings and points to the future, the final coming, the end of time. It is not an easy reading, not because it's hard to understand, but because we understand it all too well. What Jesus is saying, parable or not, this story, not our personal story, our ancestral lineage story, our country story. God's story itself is going to come to an end. We know not when. What we do know is that, like the best written stories, the most loved films, even, maybe, the best preached sermons, there is a beginning, a middle, and an end. If you have not thought about alternatives to this arrangement of salvation history, if you think all time moves in a straight line from beginning to middle to end, past, present, future, Eastern religions imagine time as circular. What comes around goes around, endlessly repeating itself. No beginning, no ending, no resolution, no judgment, no anything. That is not God's story. That is no story at all. This gospel's story within a story is a parable that Jesus tells to convey an urgent, important message. And it is the last parable in the Gospel of Matthew the culmination of all Jesus's parables that have told us what the kingdom of heaven is like and what we need to do to get there. Only this parable has a radical change of focus. Instead of the kingdom of heaven is like dot, 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 we have the king himself in all his true glory and majesty and he is the action figure now. He separates all the nation's people like sheep and goats. And you figure out pretty quickly, you wanna be on the sheep side. And if you read Ezekiel, as we do, I will strengthen the weak, but the fat and strong I will destroy. Therefore, thus says the Lord, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. You wanna find yourself where the skinny sheep are. But even as they are sorted, the sheep wonder at their blessing, ask what it was they welcomed the king, fed him, clothed him. The king says, when they did these things to the least, they did to the king. Not how we think of kings in our realm at all, 
is it? And the goats say in their cursedness the same question. When did we not take care of you? And the king says, when you did not do to the least of these. The sheep have spent their lives loving their neighbors, looking out for them, paying attention to them. This, Jesus says, is the same as loving God, looking out for him, being attentive to him. And the inverse is how the goats have lived their lives, loving only themselves, looking only after their own needs, which, Jesus says, is the same as not loving God, not being attentive to God. Thus sorted, those on the right enter eternal life, on the left, eternal punishment. And that is how one year of the Gospel of Matthew ends, as it began with the second coming of Christ, end times. Do we really want to contemplate the end of the story? An ending connotes <coughs> death, extinction, annihilation. And here is Jesus, not predicting like the soothsayers or prophesying like the prophets, but telling it like it is. The time of judgment will come, and with it, we will all be sorted by the great judge and separated according to our lived lives. And some of us will live in everlasting togetherness of love, and some of us will stay separated from that togetherness and love. Who wouldn't want to skip this part and stay with the good stuff? I like the baby in the manger pot, Jesus telling little children to come unto him, the image of him holding the baby lamb in his arms, the trumpets and lilies of Easter, and how somehow we made the resurrection of Jesus and chocolate bunny rabbits into the same day. And who doesn't like chocolate bunny rabbits? I'm in. Not so much, not so fast. The temptation in the desert, the agony in the garden, the suffering on the cross. This last call and cull of sheep and goats to eternal bliss or damnation. I'll get back to you on that. Unfortunately, or maybe it is fortunately, we can't cherry pick our gospel story, take what we like and ignore the rest. It is all gospel, all the good news of God, our relationship with him who made us, loves us, forgives us. If it is distressing to think of our Lord God holding forth in judgments, perhaps it's because we imagine ourselves as the judge and find ourselves unworthy to enter into everlasting oneness with God. Fortunately, we are not the judge. Fortunately, judgment is not based on a vague criteria like being worthy or not, really. What are we worthy of receiving from God at all? But we are his beloved children, the work of his hands. He will not be looking to find fault in this final judgment. He will be looking to see if you saw him in the hungry, the poor, naked, the lonely, the tired, the downtrodden. 
he will be looking to see if you said, I'm with him, or if you turned away. If you were with him, you will be with him forever. And if you turned away, he will honor your choice and turn you away forever. We want a final judgment. We want the wrongs righted in our world, the injustices made fair, the evil loosed in the world made captive. We want to be sheep. We want eternal life. We love happy endings even when we dare not think them possible. With God, all things are possible. And this final ending can be the beginning of our perfection in Christ. Love God. Love your neighbor. Happy New Year.